I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alenios Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Elenials Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Seth. Uh, Seth, I have a funny story for you. It's that I didn't upload our last episode until today because I forgot to click the button that takes it from private to public on SoundCloud. Oh, wait, is I this went to check our... Wait a minute. Uh, I'm sorry. I think you put an audio clip in from five other episodes right there. <laughs> Because I think this has happened a little bit more than once, buddy. It has, yeah. I should stop using that fucking private mode and just like upload it straight up. Yeah, what are you? Well, who are you hiding this from? I'm. Tr- I was trying to do a thing where I scheduled it for a certain time of day, but I just fucked it up real bad. Oh so. yeah, you know our our, our fans are really tuning <laughs> in to get that time. Well, so my podcast catcher that was like, oh, this podcast releases Monday afternoons. They've really got this shit down, huh? They yeah. know when it comes out. We'll never be that way. Yeah. Uh, probably not. And usually we'll just dump five episodes at once since we forgot to upload them. Yeah. But hey, more bang for no bucks, you know? Right, yeah. But yeah, so I don't know about you, but I get, I don't know what I did a long time ago. I'm glad I get them, but I get lots of survey calls. Calls for research centers wanting to do surveys, and I'm getting way more than I ever have in my entire life in the past month. I get maybe one or two a week almost, uh, which is unheard. I usually get like maybe one every two or three months, and I'm getting them a lot. A lot of them about the election, a lot of them about the COVID pandemic. Um, but today I had one of the more interesting ones. Almost mm-hmm. all of them are from Georgia, and some of them, if you don't live in Georgia anymore, they won't ask any questions, but some of them don't care. They didn't care. They were like, hey, this is Georgia. Just want to ask you some questions. And they were centered around the election, kind of. They're also very centered in conservative religious ceremonies. The first question they asked me is, how likely am I to go to a religious ceremony in the next week? And I was like, not, not at all, honestly. And then... It was like, how often do you attend religious ceremonies in a year? And I'm like, not often. And then it and then it kind of shifted to like, okay, so in the, the election, like, how likely are you to vote? And I was like, not very. And then, you know, it kept going on. And then it got into questions that was like, first of all, their scale was crazy. When it was like, when, when it was like um, how likely are you to vote? The scale was from one to seven. That was like, how, how likely you are to vote is one to seven. And then... They started asking me a bunch of questions like personal opinions, and it was like, they read a statement and you say, if you disagree or disagree, one being you completely disagree, and nine being you completely agree. So it was a one to nine scale on this one. And I think it's... I think it's because so they want like, to use... How like are you eat lunch on a scale of ice cream to pizza? Like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? I think it's because they want to have... The, the problem with like one to five or one to ten is that you don't have a perfect middle... And, you yeah. know, America, we fucking love the middle now, so, you know. Isn't, isn't perfect middle five? No. Ten, even numbers don't have a perfect perfect center. But, like, on a scale, you would say five would be the middle number, right? Like, if you were doing, if you're rating a well, movie, a five out of ten would be a middle. Yeah, but then there's five numbers after it, so it's not like, you know. But that's, I'm just saying uh, that's Okay, is. Mr. Math. That's, I'm Mr. Wizard over here. All then, right. So the questions they asked me when it came to the agree or disagree were like, do you think that political correctness has gone too far and cancel culture has run amok in our country? And I was like, I don't even, I mean, I just disagreed because I was like, I understand what they're trying to get out of the survey. So I'm just going to disagree. And then one was like, oh, do you think that marriage is between one man and one woman and that's it? And then it was like, do you think, oh God. Oh yeah. It was like, you think gender is a sign at birth and can never be reevaluated throughout your life? And I'm like, I, I, this, I usually, they usually ask me if I'm voting for 
Donald Trump or not? Like this is this is some really really interesting questions here. And I answered them as honestly as I could. And the lady was like, "Okay, well you've been very helpful." And then they hung up. And I was it's one of the only surveys that has like really thrown me for a loop because I've gotten so many in the past month where they all they do is they list off names and they're like, "Do you like this person or do you not?" And every single one of them, I just say I do not like them. Mm-hmm. Even though I never heard of the person, I'm just like, I probably don't like them. I'm gonna go and tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it always comes down to Joe Biden, Donald Trump. You know, toast. You know, plain, unbuttered, unsalted toast, and you know, oatmeal. You know, just the two options. I don't give a shit about. And yeah. At least this one was a little more interesting than those. Did you feel dirty? For what? That you participated in was obviously trying to like garner right wing responses from people. Well, the problem with a lot of these surveys, and some of them have been better, they always ask, okay, are you, do you associate, you know, liberal, conservative, or other? And I'm like, okay, I always say other because, you know, they don't really have a, they don't have an option yet on a lot of these surveys for what I really am. But a lot of them are like, oh, are you conservative or liberal? And I'm like, well, I'm not really either. And then they're, they're like, I'm a little more farther left. And they're like, well, that's not an option. So I have to say liberal. Like, I don't have yeah. any other option but to say that. And I'm like, that doesn't even begin to describe what I am. But okay, whatever. So yeah, I do think that the problem, like, I'm once again, I'm glad that these surveys go out. I guess maybe this data is being used in a non-harmful way. Probably not. Um, but you can always hope. But I do think they kind of pigeonhole people. And uh, I was ready to get on my soapbox and start talking about uh, socialism, but you know, the lady didn't seem very interested. In do you think the survey makers ever hear you say, like, you know, I'm farther, I'm not liberal, I'm like farther left, and just roll their eyes and are like, oh, these fucking yeah, these like, guys. Oh, one of these hippy dippy free thinkers over here. And yeah, or I hope like, so. Or did it like blow their mind? They're like, wait, there's something more than liberal what I mean, are you talking about that's the thing I've, the one thing I've noticed talking to a lot of people is they don't really know there's anything more left than liberal they, mm-hmm. they think that um, they think it kind of ends there yeah it's it, a lot I guess a lot of people don't know you know they like it's, it's beyond the Overton window of America right like for a long time leftism was, was suppressed in this country and still is for the most part and so it's just like it's been, it's been cut excised from our political thought you know yeah it's not even considered, like, I don't know, man. It's, uh, so I guess these survey calls are probably going around because of the election, right? They're probably trying to get more, yeah. you know. Like I said, most of them have been about election, and then I've had quite a few about COVID as well recently, about, you know, oh, do you think that people should be gathering in large groups? And I say, no, and they're like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> I, It's like... It's like I keep seeing these ads on on the internet for Donald Trump, and it's like, do you agree that Donald Trump should defend America, or should the, <laughs> the left hordes of Joe Biden run this place? And it's like, yeah. that's a pretty biased question, because neither one of those things is accurate. Do you know that Donald Trump loves Hitler just as much as Joe Biden does? It's like, yeah. I don't know what I'm comparing here. It's like, it's all these loaded questions that, that just, they don't mean anything. It's just a way to pump up a candidate that you're not really that excited for. And this yeah. adds a lot. I'll say this. No one is excited for Joe Biden, but Trump's people are still excited for him. Yeah. They That's want that motherfucker to win. Well, I mean, and one of the reasons, and I'm going to, if we, if we go down a rabbit hole in a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get heated. But the biggest problem with Joe Biden's campaign came out this past week. And to me, the problem is that the Democrats had to sit in a room and be like, all right, the only candidate we have left is an old white guy who's basically a Republican. So that is a big mark against us right now. But we can choose a person to run with him, somebody cool, fresh, new, young, hip, we get them on our side. Okay, what are the biggest problems in America right now? Okay, we got, you know, COVID. We got racial injustice tied to police brutality. All right, all right, what do we got? What do we got? We got, we got, okay, we'll have a, a black woman candidate. That's cool. And everyone's like, yes, 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 that's what we need. And then they're like, oh, but let's make it a person who is a cop defender till she dies. And they're like, yeah, what could go wrong there? And so now the Democrats are running an old, senile white man and a cop as their two people. And I could not be less, e- I was already 0% excited about Joe Biden. And I've, it has shrank 
my already small penis has shriveled up and gone inside of exactly. me. Exactly. I have a D-rection. Of California's self-proclaimed top cop, a prosecutor who put trans women into men jail into, into male prisons and defended mandatory minimums for you know, marijuana users. It's like fuck you. I don't give a like. She could be she a black woman. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. You're like we said last week. Capitalism knows no race or creed or gender. Now they're just cop copology. Like I'm sorry. It's just how it is. Yeah, and. And this is the thing that is making me very angry, is that the internet is not very angry. There are there are quite a few people, you know, like us, who are like, okay, you know, an interesting step forward in racial diversity in politics, but an incredible step backwards in that we are, you know, choosing a cop to run to be in the second highest office in America, you know, hierarchically. But there are a bunch of people who are like, they're looking at it as, they're just looking at it as a victory. They're like, okay, we got... Cool Kamala Harris, the person who a year ago we were all talking about. We all loved her. We all knew her name a year ago. Everyone knew it. Everyone in all politics knew her name. We all loved her. We've all been talking about Kamala Harris for all this time. And they're just like, oh yeah, this is our victory. Now now we have now we have a strong person who doesn't take any bullshit going into the office. And I it, oh. It's like, does no one remember the thing where she absolutely fucking destroyed Joe Biden at the debate over the busing issue? Like, I was that little girl on the bus that you fucking yeah. you put me on. And then when she talked to Stephen Colbert after the primary speech over, she was like, it was a debate. I was just saying things. So why should we give a fuck about what you say or what you do? Yeah, exactly. And it comes into the, the whole point of um, mainstream politicians is... Like, like, she put it, it's kind of, I talked about last week, Donald Trump just putting things out on the table you're not supposed to. She kind of put it on the table. She's like, oh yeah, it's just a debate. I just have to say what I think is going to win, and now I gotta say what I think is going to do well for me right now. Like, yeah. that's all it is. It's just a game. And, weirdly enough, one of the least viable candidates, two of least viable candidates for Democratic office right now are the two people we have running in the lead. And I don't know, I don't know what to tell people. And every, and and it's sad because it comes down to an issue of like, oh, people, you know, people don't want a black woman in office. And it's like, that's not what it is at all. I got no problems with that. You can put anybody who I, th- who I think has good ideas up there. I don't care. I don't care about age, religion, race, any of that shit. Okay? If you have good ideas and you really care about people, I'm not going to take it away from you. But she is a cop defender. Her and Joe Biden are both completely against defunding the police. They are both proponents for making the police bigger and have been their entire careers. Nothing is going to change that. And the fact that after we had all all these riots, we rioted for months, and there's still some riots going on right now. And the fact that the Democrats were like, we need to put a cop in here, and the people are happy about it, it's just fucking blowing my mind. What did we do? What did, we, what did, all, what did all these riots for? What was it all for in the end? It, it's just like... They don't listen. They don't care about what we had to say. They, 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 here's the thing. The, the liberals and the, the Democratic Party establishment understand that they don't have to give a fuck about what the left thinks. Because who are they going to vote for? The other guys? And it, I think this, this time, hopefully, they're going to find out that we won't vote for anybody. Sorry. You won't get our votes. Not even yeah. as a fucking pity. Not even to stop, this, stop fucking Donald Trump. To be honest, yeah, I've still got my mail-in ballot application sitting on the counter. I'm reminded of the beginning of the classic video game everyone should play, Deus Ex, of when uh, the villain or one of the villains of the game, Bob Page, is talking. Dude, this game I thought about it recently. It's like blowing my mind. The opening's about how there's a plague that is sweeping across the country, and that the 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 uh, it was like do like the whole engineered or whatever by the the, the secret cabal to like do this. But at one point, Bob Page is talking and he's just like, "Why contain it? Let the bodies spill into the streets. Let them pile up. Let, the, let, let them beg for a, a, a cure." And it's like, that's what I feel about kind of like right now. It's just like, why? Why try and stop this from happening? Let Joe Biden have a Mondale level loss against Donald Trump. Let's do four more years of this and just fuck it. I mean. Joe Biden's not going to improve things. He has no strategies for fixing the problems that, that, that Donald Trump started, or Donald Trump exacerbated that go back to fucking Obama and Bush before him and Clinton and Bush before him. It, 
There's no solutions. They have That's no the answers. There's nothing, there's nothing exciting. No one wants to propose like some kind of scorched earth thing. Like the, the kind of ideas that like Bernie Sanders was bringing up. And even him to a, a much lesser extent than I would even say is necessary. Like, it, it's like, what? It really confuses me. I really want to sit down and be like, what is Joe Biden proposing that you think is actually going to make our lives better? Not just my life, not just not just his life, not rich people, not poor people. What do you think is going to make our everyone's lives better? You know, like, I don't understand what he is providing. He is the same candidate as Donald Trump, but in a more presentable package. That's all it is. And even presentability isn't going to work. I still don't, I don't think there's a chance. Like, the only thing that has kept my idea that the Democrats can win this alive is the pandemic. It's the only thing that has put any kind of real hole in Donald Trump's armor. And even that might yeah. not be enough. So I don't know. I don't know what, what, what they're really going for. And the using Kamala Harris has just really made me lose any hope. Well, Seth, have you seen the, uh, the Lincoln Project stuff? You heard about this? No. Man, you are lucky. The Lincoln Project is an anti-Trump Republican oh, operation. Oh, Republicans against Trump thing? Sort of, yeah. Okay. Uh, but they're pretty they're pretty media savvy. Uh, they hired the guys, they hired Fuck Jerry to steal internet memes to use against Donald Trump. Okay, I have seen this. I heard about the Fuck Jerry being involved. I have heard of this. Okay. They've made some pretty effective television uh, and, and internet commercials uh, that, I mean... To be fair to them, are not toothless. They stick at Donald Trump in a way the Democrats refuse to fucking do. Like they yeah. really go after him. But but you're saying that is, as if it's hard, right? Yeah. But the problem is that the Lincoln Project guys just want to do the same stuff Donald Trump is doing, but with less fucking buffoonery. They don't yeah. actually want to change things for the better. They don't care about that. They want to continue the same policies, but with a, a boring white guy in place who will smile and, and tell you it's okay. Exactly. And speaking of that, speaking of memes, I saw this one meme this week. It made me just want to fucking lose my shit. It was like, it's like Joe Biden just picked Kamala Harris as his VP. Do you know what that means? That means that Mike Pence has to debate Kamala Harris. And I'm like, first of all, Kamala Harris is not one of the great debaters, okay? She was not in that movie. Okay? I don't remember, I don't remember that scene. Okay? <laughs> Second of all, do you really think it matters? Like, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying Kamala Harris is an incredible debater. She'll beat Mike Pence in a debate, of course. I could beat Mike Pence in a debate. That's not hard. The yeah. hard thing is winning the election. And the people who are voting for Trump and Pence don't care about the debate. They've already made their minds up. My thing is, do you think there's going to be a debate? Yeah, what is the debate going to look like this year? Right. The last debate was Bernie Sanders and, and Joe Biden using a you know weird social distancing kind of thing. Yeah. Donald Trump and Mike Pence are not going to do that. They don't think they need to. Yeah. Which is fine. Maybe there's they no should reason. both. And there's, we should make them debate two inches from each other. Well, yeah. And I hope that we get some, some COVID spread. I, I do want to see Donald Trump debate uh, Joe Biden. I want to see Mike Pence debate Kamala Harris because it would be incredible content. It would be very funny to watch these bumbling ass morons you mumble each other for a fucking hour they pretty yeah. fun but at the same time i just don't see it happening like we're not in a normal election this is not a normal year or a normal state of, of society like it's just not yeah. gonna happen I don't think. and once again i mean it's i mean it's most likely due to my personal bias but i just i don't see kamala harris as some kind of incredible debate tactician who's gonna be able to systematically dismantle someone like it's just not what i what i've seen from her well, she had one good moment when she eviscerated uh, Joe Biden on stage. Yeah. And she's now, you know, going to be and, running. Yeah, live. completely toothless. And then one time she came out on the stage this last year where she was like completely 100% on Quaaludes. Just like out of it, dog. Like, I don't understand what we're looking for here in this. Like, they're like, oh, Mike Pence won't be able to look at Kamala Harris. And I'm like, you don't understand who Mike Pence is. That man has no fucking, there's no light behind his eyes. No. He, he's a huge racist, but not in that yeah. way. Yeah, he's the he's the guy who like just has a part of his brain missing where he doesn't know what shame or you know embarrassment are. Yeah, you could pull his pants down and show off that he has a an inverted penis to everyone in America, and he'd be like, "Oh, what? Uh, pull his pants up." That's what it would happen. And by inverted, you mean upside down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his balls on top of his dick. Yeah, and also his ball, his dick and is his, upside down as well. So the, the yeah. underside is on the top. Yeah. 
That'd be a pretty weird configuration, wouldn't it? Yeah. Pull your pull them down, pants. Yep. What if when you what if your balls were on top of your penis, and so when you had when you when you were fucking, you were smashing your balls in the other person? Yeah, I imagine that person would not find sex very enjoyable. The person with the balls on top of their dick. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that so would too. Be and I imagine the masturbation would be a bit of an acrobatic endeavor for them. You have to you take know. one hand to hold your balls up, the other one to jerk yourself yeah, off. Exactly. So you couldn't. You'd have to always have like some kind of print media in front of you, or a, uh, <laughs> something on a television or a laptop going to uh, really make it work. And as you got older, your balls start to sag over the sides of your your penis, like two set like yeah, a hair, so then, basically. Yeah, you look like your penis look like goofy. <laughs> Mickey Mouse cartoons. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, well, here's the thing, Seth, about the election. Anyways, as we've already seen, Donald Trump's going to win. I've always said he's going to win, and he's going to win this time because, in addition to like, I think just being the winner, anyways, based on the fact that his opponent is Joe Biden and he has nothing to offer us, it's that he's going to destroy the postal service. And they, they're ripping out fucking mailboxes left and right. They're tearing up, tearing up machinery in the places to avoid sorting mail. How do you... Yeah. Like, and for some reason, we're not streaming fascism right now. Like, right. Is there anything more fascist than this? It, we, we've invaded other countries for fake rumors this happened. Like, what are you talking about right now? Like, this is, this is really happening. Like, we're going to let them destroy the vote-by-mail system. And... The, the election will not be legitimate anyways, no matter what, because Bernie Sanders got fucked by the DNC. But now you're just adding a second layer onto it where nothing will be legitimate at all. Yeah, this is uh, going to be the biggest shame of an election ever. And the thing is, I, I think it's crazy because I don't even think Donald Trump has to destroy the Postal Service. Because once one, I think he'll win anyway. And two, if, if, they're, if he really thinks the Democrats are going to be able to read the election through mail... I don't think they're going to really need to go through him. I think they'll be able to find their way to do it no matter. If somebody that is that that powerful out there to really rig this election, they will be able to do it whether the postal service is dismantled or not. I think he is legitimately afraid that he will lose the vote, like to the vote by mail system. He thinks he'll. I don't think he actually thinks there'll be enough fraud to get him out of office. He thinks he knows. I think people don't like him enough, but I don't think that those people outnumber the folks that do like him and have him disfranchised or whatever. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it's a total fascist strongman move to do this, but Donald Trump is the most incompetent fascist I've ever fucking seen. Like, he's not going to succeed in transforming America into something he wasn't already primed to be. He didn't come out of nowhere like fucking Hitler and just completely 180 the whole country. Like, no. This was coming for a long time. Yeah. And it has to do with the failures of previous administrations. You know, you go back to Obama, Bush, Clinton, Bush before him, Reagan, all those guys, they set it up in the motion. He's not anything new in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And Joe Biden won't be either. And no. Kamala Harris, as different as she looks, won't be either. No. They are no. establishment, and there's not any radical ideas that are going to really turn anything around. And at the DNC, you saw, we talked about it before, they're giving John Kasich a couple of minutes to talk. And we talked about John Kasich before. He's the hobo uh, sandwich-eating guy who ran for president uh, and failed horribly. got totally destroyed by Donald Trump. And uh, they want to put him on there so he can appeal to the, the moderate Republican. You know, the, the people who don't like Donald Trump but also don't like Democrats. How do, they, how do they vote this election? How will they vote, Seth? People, they're going to vote for Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Like, that's such an easy answer. And also, I want to ask some people, why do you not like Democrats? What 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 crazy difference do you and Democrats have right now? Like, right, exactly. I don't really understand. The more the more I've gone left, the less difference I see between the two parties. There is no functional difference, really. Like, Obama had eight years in, in office. What did he really do different from, from Bush? You I know? honestly think some people just consider it, they consider it to be sophisticated to be a Democrat. They're like, oh, yeah, if you... You know, because there's all the studies like, oh, once you achieve the highest degrees, you're normally Democrat. You know, Democrats are supposed to be in for social justice or whatever. Not that there's a really a big pattern of that anyway. Like, yeah, we made Obama made gay marriage legal, but or Obama didn't do that. But you know, under his administration, they did it, and yeah. I mean, could have done way more. It's like people are always like, let's take little victories. I'm like, no, it's fucking back when that happened. It was like what 2014. 
Yeah. We can make it, we can have some bigger victories than that. We can have a lot more to show for ourselves than that. Democrats don't care that much about social justice at the end of the day. They don't, they don't make, back when they controlled the fucking House and the fucking presidency, they didn't do shit about it. Okay. They got us one, they got us one little nipple at social justice and people have been riding that forever. Yeah. And yeah, I don't see, I, I don't know, I just, I fail to see a big difference between the two. Well, like you said, it wasn't even new, it was the Supreme Court. Exactly. Okay? Which doesn't even fucking matter. That was, they didn't do that, they were already there, you know? Yeah, and that's, and so, that's a pattern we've had ever, I mean, you know, go back as far as you want, and the thing about American politics is they love giving us a nibble. They did it with the Civil Rights Act. They're like, all right, well, no, no, the racism is over, there's no more reason for anyone to be mad about this, and then people are just as racist as they used to be. Yeah. <laughs> There's not big, there's not any big differences, and they just they, they make all these small changes here and there to give us just a little bit of what we want, and hope that we're gonna be that we're gonna be subdued. And it usually works, but I think it's gonna work less and less, and especially right now. Like they were fine with they weren't fine with the civil rights movement. They they begrudgingly accepted that it would it was happening regardless. But as soon as you know King and Malcolm X started to talk about uh, possibly redistributing wealth. Yeah. Oh, what happened? Then they guys? died. Yeah. <laughs> then they were murdered. Uh, Fred Hampton, same thing. Like his radicalism on the on the terms of like race was not fondly accepted by the by the people in charge, but it was allowed to happen. But it's, when he started really pushing on, you know, Marxist type shit, had to be gone. Yeah. Had to be gone. Which goes to show you what really matters in the day. Like people, they can be as racist and sexist and homophobic as they want. But like we said last week. Capital doesn't know any of that. As soon like, they're like, okay, I'll stop being racist if I get to keep all this money and keep you know keeping people um, impoverished and you know having you know having low low wage jobs and not enough money to afford health care. I'll, I'll I'll give you civil rights for that if I have to because they keep making their money. And as soon as you want to take their money away, that's when you get the axe. Right. But thinking about about sort of like. The Democrats and the Republicans right now. Like, the Democrats, have you seen this thing now where they're talking about how, you know, Joe Biden, as part of his health care platform, wants to explore the idea of possibly passing a public option, uh, a Pete Buttchug uh, proposal as well. Uh, now they are going to drop that. They're going to drop even the idea of possibly a public option because. The healthcare companies are now dumping millions and millions of dollars into Joe Biden's campaign to fund it because they're going to drop public the public option. Yeah. Another thing we seem to have no problem with is that private corporations can make large donations to individual politicians and sway them. We just don't see that as an issue at all. No, politicians should serve the public, and they should not go take any money. Politicians shouldn't have to take any money from anybody, honestly. If you're a person with ideas and you want to run a campaign, you should be able to do it. Right. Like any, any monetary investment from anybody at all, except for maybe if you got to pay for gas money to drive to a debate, that's all it yeah. should take. Like, and we, you know what? We shouldn't have gas money either, so fuck that. There sh- it should be individuals who actually want to make a difference, and that's all it should be. They're, you take your electric train there. Yeah. The fucking um, building they work in and all that shit should be paid for by taxes, and that's it. Yeah. It, it's just like the problem you run into, I think, with the current paradigm uh, of, of how things work is that the Republicans continue going far to the right and the Democrats block all movement to the left. And yeah. then they slowly claw things back to the right from the Democratic side as well. So it just continues to move to the right. And what do we do? You know? And I think here on this show, uh, we maintain the idea that. The system can't be fixed. There's not going to be a reform. No. We've, we, we think we've hit the, the limit, the wall of what, is, of what is possible, I think. But that doesn't mean that just because the system has reached its logical endpoint that it's going to just suddenly disappear overnight. It's going to take work. And it's going to take a lot of people in the streets <laughs> and some violence to accomplish. But this is not that, you know. The failure of the Bernie Sanders uh, uh, campaign was sort of the last gasp of reformism in this country. Like, if they couldn't accept his mild reforms, they will not accept what really needs to be done to fix these problems. And 
I feel like they're just trying to run out the clock until the climate apocalypse happens. And they can just write us all off as they get into their bunkers and, and escape. Yeah. As, I mean, that's why people get teary-eyed when they see little Ewan Musk is so sad he won't be able to go to Mars because he'll be too old and be dead. And people are like, I'm so sad for him. He's done so much. And I'm like, that's not why he's, he's not sad because of that. He's sad because he won't get to leave your asses behind as the fucking tides rise so high that you can't breathe anymore. That's what he's sad about, you stupid idiots. Yeah, the thing about Elon Musk and techno-utopianism uh, and all kind of stuff is uh, it was never meant for you. Like, like transhumanism, that was never meant for people like you and me. Like, yeah. That was never meant to fix my, my leg. You know, I'm never going to get uh, uh, you know, like a, a cyborg leg. It wasn't yeah. for me. Was I just, just want to sit Elon Musk down and be like, okay, what do you expect that a janitor at a public school will do in your techno-utopia? Where are they going to fit in when all this shit happens? And that's what he says. It's, there's a robot that would do that job instead. Exactly. What is that? What happens to that guy? You shoot him? Right. You just kill him? Is that what happens? Well, the thing is, is that automation doesn't have to be a bad thing. We talked about this, you know? Yes. Under capitalism, it is a bad thing. Under a different system, socialism, communism, it could be a good thing, like a liberating thing. Exactly. Like, do you remember the Luddites, Seth? Yeah, they, they were against technology. Well, the common line we're taught in school and in, in college, whatever, is that the Luddites were against technology. Yeah. They were not against technology. They were against the application of technology to take away people's jobs and livelihoods because they didn't see, they were not the ones seeing the benefits of the factories closing down. Or downsizing workers, they were the guys who got downsized. Yeah. So of course they were pissed. They had no problem with science, technology. They had a problem with its application. But school and and, and capitalism has conditioned you to think that their problem was they were like, oh, they were tech, they were neo savages or whatever. Yeah. Like, no, they had a legitimate criticism of the system, and you have turned it into what it is now. It's kind of like how we have seized on to, to Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X and their criticisms of, of our political system and made it toothless and said, oh, it's done. Like Racism is over. Yeah. We fixed it, like you said earlier. And it's one of those things where every time you hear about some new company who's doing something, you know, like automating any kind of agricultural stuff. And it's like, in the back of the room, you're raising your hand like, okay, what's going to happen to all these farmers? What's happened to all these janitors? What's going to happen to all these fast food workers? What's going to happen to all these people? And that's when they're like, all right, floor is closed for questions. Sorry. We really, really wanted to get to that one. We promise we have a great, really well thought out answer. And we're gonna, we really have a good solution for what you're talking about. But sorry, the floor is now closed. We have to go back to doing nothing. And that's how it ends. Well, the answer is always learn to code. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, I, I learned to code. I, I have a job as a software engineer. And I am acutely aware that we are we are – Maybe, not me specifically, there are much, a lot of programmers who are programming things that know how to program. Mm-hmm. And once that, shit gets, once that shit takes over, what are we going to do? Also, if everyone decides to learn how to code, then that means all the programmer jobs disappear. Yeah. There's only exactly. a five in there who need to program. Exactly. Right? And then all these people are like, oh, you, you, you get into technology, you'll have a good career. And it's like, well, yeah, but then that, that'll become the new janitor, fast food worker, and then you have a whole new thing. And then it's weird, but it's weird because we're, we're actually at this point right now that I, I found out a couple months ago where in certain areas, it's become so popular people to become like engineers. People who do actual manual labor can make bank. I have a friend who like, he, he's a, he's an engineer as well. And there's a guy who like cleans his gutters, like at his apartment or whatever. And they, they usually, yeah, he does it like as a service. So you pay him like you know, 20 bucks a month or something, however much. And he comes and cleans your gutters. And then my friend was like, hey, do you also do like any like yard work or anything? He's like, dude, I make so much from gutters, I don't even need to do it. Because nobody in the world knows how to clean gutters anymore. We're all engineers. Right. So yeah. there's, like, there's this weird bubble that has formed in certain places where you can actually go backwards and make money. That's not going to last forever. But it is very interesting how these, these little like, what do you like, almost like a labor bubble will form of, of, yeah. like, in certain areas, which I found, I found very interesting. You know, Isaac Asimov in the Foundation series, he proposed that Eventually, technology will become so arcane and sophisticated, there would be a techno-priesthood that will be like the Catholic priests of old that were able to read Latin and translate it and deliver the word of God to people. It would be like technology be so complicated and, and arcane, you need these guys, right, to be the interface between you and them. But I think it's a bit more of the opposite, where 
the idea of cleaning gutters or cutting the grass or fixing a, a disposal, a garbage disposal, will become the arcane thing. You gotta you gotta summon the labor priest to come along and speak litanies yeah. into your into your fucking uh, garbage disposal and fix it. Exactly, and it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. But yeah, it's all it's all fucked. It's like. If we aren't able to gut the system, then a lot of people are just gonna fall on the wayside. And once again, I don't I don't see the big end game for a lot of the cap like really, really big capitalists, what's gonna really happen for them. because um, I feel like they're just gonna have to, they're gonna perish in the end too. Like I don't I don't really see um what they get out of it. I, I honestly feel like if these guys wanna keep maintain their money and keep and stay in power and have a good ideal life. They should just donate a bunch of bunch of shit to like clean energy and to make make as many jobs as possible. Because if you can, like, honestly, a, a billionaire who like goes and creates thousands of jobs in some city, people fucking love you. Yeah. That's that's what they want. People fucking want jobs. So and, and that thing is, they're just not smart enough. Like they could honestly, without losing a significant amount of their personal income, could create a much better society for everyone, including themselves, but just won't. It's yeah. really strange. You'd think they could do that, but Jeff Bezos could employ, could fix all unemployment in America, fix the food shortage, and all that, and still be a hundred billionaire. Yeah, like it's crazy. It's uh, I have to say this, and people don't like to hear it, but I again have to be the bearer of the the, the bad uh, news. But um, nobody's gonna live on Mars. I'm sorry. I, I love sci-fi as much as the next person. I I love Star Trek and Star Star. Wars. There's a reason that the, the word the little abbreviated "fi" is in there. Right. Yeah. It's like with our current level of technology, we won't live on Mars in your lifetime or my lifetime. Or, no. The, our children's children won't live on Mars. No. And also, it might not be possible ever. It might not be within our scientific, you know, bounds to ever leave this planet. And I, I think that the obsession with going into space and living amongst the stars is is a denialism. It's, it's denying the reality of the fact that our world yeah. is going to shit. Like, ecologically speaking, it is collapsing. And it is the one home we have. And because he will understand the political inf- infeasibility of fighting back against that capitalist system that is extracting all this wealth and turning it into more and more heat to cook the planet alive, they're like, well, we'll just go to space. You know, we'll just, we'll go to Mars. And it's just something you say. It's like, it's not like, not like, as much as money as he's put in here, it's not like Elon Musk is actually going to go to Mars. Like, it's not going to happen. And you you can, it's just like, oh, don't worry, we'll go to space. Don't worry. And all you, you know, public school janitors, you're going to have a great place on Mars. Trust me. Trust me. We're going to have a really, really good place for all of you guys. There's yeah, there's there's no place for regular people in these in these yeah. plans ever. If any human ever inhabited, any human that's lived on Earth, maybe there's humans out there in the universe somewhere. I don't know. If any Terrans ever fucking inhabit another planet, it will be entirely dumb luck, and I give them a month at most. Yeah, I, mean, I think you, we could probably set up a, like a the Martian style outpost of like scientists, right? Yeah, there's never gonna be. It's like the moon. We never went, went yeah. back. It'll start we'll as the Martian and it'll end as Interstellar. <laughs> it'll it'll be the same scenario. It's it's just so stupid to me. Matt Damon like, in most of those movies, not of course the entire plot, but yeah, right. It's just not gonna happen. It's 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 so stupid to even worry about it. And I like. Space travel, that's one of the coolest achievements we've ever made, and rockets are neat, and all kinds of stuff is really cool. But we have real-ass problems here on the ground that you are not going to solve by imagining yourself living on Mars one day. Don't you love how... Don't you love how, in Interstellar, Matt Damon tries to kill Matthew McConaughey just because shit's rough? he's like why are you and she's like dude sorry it sucks here it really really sucks i thought it was gonna be awesome and i wrote all this journal saying it's awesome it's an entire lie it sucks and it's like why, why do you have to kill me it's it's a it's a whole plot the whole plot was just it sucks here this is stupid and that's what we're talking about what is the best case scenario if we send some scientists off to mars for a year what's gonna happen to that guy yeah and i think that actually and this is this is fun is that ad astra is the most realistic depiction of what our space future is going to look like. You know why? You know why? 
Because when he first steps into a fucking space station, what's the first fucking thing you see? The subway logo. Yes. That's the first goddamn thing you see. There's a subway on the moon. That's the future. That is. He walks up the stairs, and the first thing that you recognize as a fucking person from Earth is the subway logo. The only thing more appropriate you could have seen is a goddamn Walmart. Not even, like, inside the base. Just a regular Walmart super center on the surface of the moon. Yeah. That's that's our future. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, okay. At least on our current trajectory. That's that's how it works. Yeah. Space space. Once again, science fiction, space movies. It's all really cool. Dune is an incredible book. But guess what? Dune. Those people are entirely different than us. And all these other people. It's it's fiction. It's it. It might have been a, dr- a dream we could have had a hundred years ago. We got our act together, but not looking that way, buddy. Yeah, it's like, like, Dune takes place 5,000 goddamn years in the future for a reason. Like, yeah. it has to be so far separated from what we're doing yeah. now. And there are, uh, one thing I really like about Dune is, first of all, since, um, since it's fiction and people have made, like, fan art about it, like, some of them have, some people have imagined it as, like, these aren't even human-like beings. Like, they don't look like Timothy Chalamet. They actually are, like, fucking wispy, weird-looking, like, lizards almost. Like, they are not... Close humans. Like, yeah, exactly. They're not... What we recognize as a human, and how anytime you watch a movie with an alien in it, an alien has two arms, two legs. It's like, no, they, they just look, they're fucking different. They're not even something we can really think of. Like, even this drawing is probably too simple for what they actually are. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a really cool idea because I don't think we're going to have humans 5,000 years from now. Well, Carl Sagan always said that humans are never going to leave Earth. He's like, we, we will never be, we'll never colonize other planets. Our descendants, who will be better than us, hopefully, might one day. Man, when are they coming around? I'll, I want to see some post-human soon. Well, um, I mean, I think Carl Sagan believed that it would be tens of thousands of years before we evolved into a form that would be more suitable. What if you just walked outside and you saw a guy and you were like, that's, that's different. That's, I, mean, I, got, I think that guy's more than human. More than how, human? How would you feel? <laughs> He's I just a wisp walking around. Yeah. Like one of those uh, long-limbed fucking guys yeah. in the expanse or something? And he doesn't even talk. He just beams his thoughts into your head. And you're like, holy, like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look like Arnold at the end of fucking Total Recall. My brain is exploding in my head. Exactly. It's, I mean, yeah. And there's a whole lot of people, too, who are into that transhumanism shit, which is really just Christianity for rich white boys. Um, who think that we're going to, like, you know, evolve with technology and we're going to use, you know, genetic engineering to make our children better than us or whatever. Oh, and I'm like, I forgot. Going back to the survey. Going back to the survey. The most confusing question I ever got that I got on it was, do you think that God should be an integral part to America or is religion old-fashioned? And the thing was, this was a question where you have to agree or disagree. You don't get to choose. It has the it has the word or in it. And it's like, here's right. your two options. Which, although, don't make any sense. Should God be involved in America? What does that even mean? Or is religion old-fashioned? Those two things are, I can believe both of those things, technically, if I want to. And then, but it was a agree or disagree. How does that work? I had no idea. I was like, I, was, I don't know what to say. And I was like, I just, I just said one. I was like, I don't know. I, I disagree, I guess. I don't know. What if I believe neither of those things? What are you talking about? Like, yeah. It's like one of those loaded questions, but it's a loaded question that doesn't make any sense. It's Seth, I have to refer back to the master, to the, the Rosetta Stone of uh, our current moment, Transformers, which is yeah. when uh, uh, <laughs> Tyrese uh, Gibson uh, in the second one says, if God made us in his image, he looks at Optimus Prime, who made him? That's <laughs> like, true. Who made Optimus Prime? That is that is the in my head. That's the question you were asked. You know, do they explore that in the Transformers lore? Where like where did Cybertron come from and where did yeah Primus? Primus, okay. Yeah, was their god or whatever? Nice. We can't get too deep into Transformers lore again. I know. That was (laughs) the whole thing. We can we can do a we can do an episode about it. I love Transformers. Um, Um. I will say, so how do you feel, to get onto a lighter subject for a second, how do you feel about Epic Games and their conflict with Apple they're currently having? I feel like a multi-billion dollar company referencing 1984 as to why another multi-billion dollar company um, is stifling them was a weird look. 
Well, it's a reference to that famous Apple ad. Yes. Which is a reference to 1984. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just like they're just like taking their reference and like turning it back on them, I guess. Um I don't really get it. I do think I've 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 I use Apple, I use iOS. I don't really understand why Apple is so big on like if you have a service through us, then you have we have to take the what a, a most of the revenue or whatever. Because the thing that they're mad about is that Fortnite made a way where you could directly pay them without having to pay Apple at all for any microtransactions within the app. Apple doesn't like that. They took them, I think Android did it as well, took them down because they did the same thing to them. And it's 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 like it's a bunch of like it's a three multi-billion dollar companies all whining at each other about why who gets to make more money. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just don't care. And I, I really, really was offended. I mean, I know, I mean, all those years ago, Apple should not reference 1984 either. But the reference 1984 and the whole idea that I should be supporting Epic and their struggle against Apple is like, I could not care less. You, you guys all have enough money to solve this issue right now. Okay? Just solve it and leave us out of it. It is really yeah. weird how they're trying to play the people against each other. As if we have anything to gain out of them. As if I have anything to gain from Apple taking or not taking money from Epic. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Epic makes enough money anyway. Yeah. If Epic wants to make more money, don't give two free games every month to anybody who downloads your client. How about that? If you want to make more money, like stop giving away games. I don't know what to yeah. tell you, dude. It's all about who takes a cut of what, you know? Like, Epic offers, like, millions upon millions of dollars to developers to go with them over Steam exclusively for a year. And if you're a developer, you take that deal. Like, yeah. you'd never turn that down. And who would, you know? If, you, if you're talking about a market that is, is so fickle as video games, if somebody comes along and offers you a, a guaranteed paycheck of yeah. that much money to for just to be exclusive, you'll take it. Like yeah. That's why as much as it sucks, that's why exclusivity works. Yeah. I mean... And I don't begrudge Epic for that because it's good for the little guys making the video games. Like, yeah. I, And I want to support them. And I've got no problem with Epic Game Store. My problem is that it sucks. Like, it's... But Steam like also sucks, too. Like, they both need real big UI and, and performance overhauls, in my opinion. Steam is better yeah. than Epic, but Epic, but that's not like there's Steam is slacking, is what I'm saying. Like, they can also improve. I say the problem with me for Steam, Steam simultaneously gives me too much information and not enough information at all. Like the other day, I was literally I was looking at um the The Witcher Three. I was looking at it because I didn't want to play it. I haven't ever committed to playing it all the way through. I'm like, you know what? I'll look at it because I was, I was pretty sure it had the DLCs. I was like, how do I tell? So there's a section on it that says DLC and it shows a bunch of the DLCs. I'm like, oh, I guess I have them. But there was no way that there it didn't say you own these DLCs. It was just like, oh, here's a DLC that's available. And I was like, oh, it should just list the ones. Because there's like there was like three that I didn't have and five that I didn't, but they were all listed. And I was like, okay, well, why don't they just show me the ones I have when I click it? Because I'm in my library under my game, so why don't they do that? It's weird. And then sometimes if you click on a game and it's like, oh, this game was released on this day this year, and it actually originally ran at 5.6 gigahertz, but actually now you can actually and it's like, oh, this is too much. And then Epic Games, the problem with me is they almost entirely give me too little information. Um, I like I look through through their stuff. I mean, I don't think that Steam's curation is perfect, but I do I do like that Steam at least gives me a good amount of options. Like if I'm looking for a new game to play, or I'm looking through stuff. They don't ever give me too little. I'll say that much. Epic. Sometimes I'm looking. I'm like, okay, let me look at this category, and it's like there's five games, and then I'm like, well, there's definitely more than five RPGs on here. So how do I find the rest? And it was just weird. I, I don't know. I think that I think like. Overall, Epic definitely looks nicer, like, just looking at the UI, but I just don't think there's enough there for me to actually love it yet. I don't know. I just... But also, honestly, if you're out there and you want to just catch all the good deals on every platform, just download uh, GOG Galaxy 2.0. It lets you connect every single client you own into one client, and then you just use it from there. So you can go on Steam, you can go on Epic, get the free game of the month, and then you can just launch it through GOG, and it takes out all the bullshit of using the Epic Store. People were like, oh yeah, well, you know, Epic is like spyware or something, or it's malware on your computer. And I was like, I mean, is it really that much different from Steam? You know, once I learned the NSA has a backdoor to every hardware backdoor into every computer on the face of the earth, I stopped caring about this idea of like a corporation has access to your shit. Dude, they want it, they already got it. I'm sorry. That's that's how I tell people. I'm like, 
yeah, I, I use a VPN when I can and all that shit. But at the end of the day, if they want to find anything out about what I do on a computer, everyone who has money will know. Okay? Everyone who is willing to pay will know everything that I possibly do, whether I'm whether I'm connected to the internet or not. Okay? Mm-hmm. I promise you, they have ways. You need to go ahead and realize that privacy is a long lost dream and it's never coming back. Like, it's, like, it's like people who are so obsessed with like, oh, what if we have to live in a cashless society? And I'm like, buddy, your transactions are not private just because you're using cash, okay? They have they have fucking guys sitting in a booth who can tell everything you've done in a month, if, even if you only use cash, okay? Right. And so I found I found out about this big conspiracy. It's like, oh, they're trying to make us live in a cashless society where everything's logged and what all this. I'm like, cashless society might make it easier for them, but they already know, okay? You're not hiding from anyone. They just don't care enough to go after every person who's using cash for stuff. Like, is there is there a cell phone in your pocket? Because they know where you've been. They oh, but they, hey, they pay their bill with cash, though, buddy. Okay, they pay their bill with cash. No one knows. They can, they can track your cell phone to where you were. They can figure out what was bought at the store at that time and figure out yeah. who did it, you, i.e. Yeah. And then they got you. Oh, if you don't have a cell phone but you're near someone that has a cell phone, they know. It's like there has been a legitimate argument about how to do proper security in this age where the government is going to start cracking down on people. And it's it's like put your fucking cell phone, wrap it in tinfoil, turn it off, wrap it in tinfoil, put it in a lead box, and you're probably okay. Then. And then throw that lead box in a volcano, <laughs> and then you might be safe. Maybe you need to upgrade to some new technology like smoke signals to to truly communicate your your information yeah. to other people. Because cell phones will never be safe. I'm sorry, they they won't. It's just impossible. They they got you, man. They got you. And, yeah. and so uh, privacy is dead. Yeah, contact tracing, all that shit, it's here, it's not going anywhere, get used to it, it's part of our lives. I will say this, the classic, the Apple uh, 1984 ad is one of, if I take it from a purely just like divorced standpoint and look at it, like that's a really well done piece of media. Yeah. Like it's, it's very, it's very good. It was, it's insanely stupid to <laughs> today, like, trying to destroy windows or whatever. But it's a good, it's a good ad. Like, it, it's, it's, it's appropriate. Um, but I just think that, I think that, didn't they put it in the, literally in Fortnite? Like, when you load into Fortnite, you can see this, like, this, like, banner or billboard that's like, we're going aboard Apple or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> How weird is that, man? That's, that's interesting. And it's, um... It's weird. And then you have then there's just a bunch of fucking 12 to 15 year olds on the internet who are like, yeah, fuck Apple, blah, 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 all this shit. And it's like, what are you fighting for? You're probably playing it on your fucking PlayStation right now. And you probably already bought the Battle Pass for the fi- past two years. You've given them so much money. So Apple could take 50% of all money that Epic makes from Fortnite on iOS and they would still be a multi-billion dollar company. Apple yeah. is not hurting Epic in any way, and Epic is not hurting Apple in any way. They're just they're just pissy. They're little babies about money. It's an argue, it's it's what we've talked about the entire time. It's the 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 tendency of profit to fall over time. It's that they see there's money being made, and each person involved in that transaction wants a bigger piece of the pie, and then they fight about it in this weird public like meme war way where we got to get involved now and yeah. see it. You see this shit happen in dark rooms that are filled with cigar smoke that I never had to see. I don't want to see Tim Sweeney pulling his dick out and waving it at Tim Cook. I don't need this. Is Tim Sweeney from Epic? I believe so. Okay, I I don't don't know who these people are anymore. Um, But yeah, I think it's uh, a little silly, and I do not think that the majority of people who care about it should care about it, because nobody is actually hurt in this scenario. It's literally an argument over who gets the bigger portion of your money. Yeah, who gets more of the billion dollars you're going to make. Right, and it should be I don't care. you're not paying it. I was one of these two assholes with this shit. Like, right? Like, Fortnite yeah. shouldn't cost money. Like, exactly. Apple shouldn't have a monopoly on this kind of stuff. Like, it's as simple as that. Yeah. I don't know. And that, and that leads me to... I'm glad we brought this up. To You know, we talk about it a lot, but it's something I think we should bring more light to. Is that socialism will fix video games. Yeah. And 
like I, like I said, all these fucking presentations about the PS5 and the Xbox One and all these PC games and all this shit, guess what? I love video games, and yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I don't get excited when I see a cool new trailer, but I want to see a guy come out and be like, alright, we're about to fix working conditions in the gaming industry, because that shit is what worries me the most. Like, I'm over here fucking excited as shit for Cyberpunk 2077, which is not going to come out this year. Sorry, there's no way it's coming out this year. Um, don't even Don't even get ready for it. It's going to be 2021, maybe, honestly. Yeah. Um, but just sitting here knowing that there's so much like atrocities to the human condition they're being they're taking place at what I found out is actually SEDI Project is their name. Um, it's just kind of a big turnoff. I'm just like, and it's so it's an easy thing to fix. It's so easy to fix. Video games of every kind of fucking company of any kind of business there is should be the one that is like the mo- that should be laid back and cool and socialist like mm-hmm. why not like what do people people who play video games what do they love to do they love to fucking sit around and play video games and they like have free time to do it and if your developers don't have any free time what's the point you know it's it was a real bummer to learn that the witcher 3's high quality was was born out of the terrible working conditions they put those people in and I'm sure that right now, as we speak, there is a fucking veritable army of poles shoved into a goddamn basement somewhere, typing to their fingers bleed to make this fucking game work. And it, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, we don't have to live like this. Yeah, no. Right? It, it, it should be better. It can be better. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's capitalism demands this sort of, like, 100-hour work week, you know, deliver the product as quickly as possible, to, you know, to make money and shit like that. But it doesn't have to be that way. And it's like, let me just say this, and I've said it on this podcast probably 10, 20 times. There are so many video games that already exist and I haven't played yet. I can wait a little while to play other ones. Mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a backlog, you know, if, I can, if it was physical, it would be hanging off my desk right now of games that I want to play. Yeah. So... I'll give people more time. Give them free time. Give them vacation days. Give them sick time. Give them, give them fucking mental health days if they need it. Give them, give them fucking conditions. Don't make it so that you're that you're encouraging them to stay at the office all the time. Like, just give people, give people what you fucking like. Give them humanity. Give them what you expect just from being a person in society, and the games will get made. And who knows? The games might even be better. The games might even get done sooner, for all we know. Like if you actually, yeah. if you actually just get, if you don't actually, because like at a certain point, especially like I mean, I'm, I I don't do nearly as long hours as those guys do a software development. But as a software developer, after a couple of fucking hours of intense like work, your brain just stops, and then for the next seven hours, you do the amount of work you could have done in one. So it's mm-hmm. like you really have to take your t- like take time for this kind of stuff. It's not, it's it's not simple, and I don't know. I think I just think that working conditions will lead to better gains and just better society it's easy what we need is a soviet style uh, production chain for video games where you sit at your your coat your chair your desk and you just code for like six hours and then your comrade anatoly comes over and he sits at the chair and he does he codes for six hours yeah. and then the next comrade comes in and code, they just, it, there's no like they, you just get up and he sits down and starts typing right after where you left off there's no need for any kind of catch up or anything we just go. And also there is, be, being in the, tech, the, the software development world, there's no way I respect more than video game developers because I develop websites. And I would say that websites are one of the easier things to develop. I, do, I mean, there's, there's some complicated parts to it, but it's one of the easier things. I, if someone right now were to say, hey, Seth, can you make this game for me? I would not even know where to start. I'll be like, no. I, I literally cannot even start on this for you. Like I don't, and it's like in game development, there's so much shit you have to do. Like every single thing you do has ninety other things you have to know how to do in the process. Mm-hmm. And so those guys deserve a lot of respect. They deserve more money. They deserve more time off, and they deserve you know cut the fucking salary of the CEO by ninety five percent and give that to the workers. Yeah, that's what they and need. Take that and do it for every industry. Yeah, exactly. Start start everybody like everywhere. Um, it's it's simple. I mean, like it, I mean, almost every year you see a, a a report. I think it just happened with EA, where they laid off like a hundred workers, and then their their CEO got like a fifty million dollar bonus. Yeah, I'm like, pay pay those people that money. That's that's money that you just gave away. Well, it's 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 the same reason that the market started going up 
when the unemployment numbers were going up as well, because that was good for the market. Were, oh, you're firing people. Great. You want to spend any money on, on that. So that means more money for us at the top to buy more stocks with. It's a sick, perverse cycle. Yeah. But once again, if enough people get laid off, there won't be any money at all. And I don't think people realize that. It's all short term. They don't care about long term. Short term is all that matters. Yeah. The government will bail, will bail them out if it all goes bad. I meant to say, Seth, by the way, uh, my current video game uh, obsession that I'm playing right now is uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Um, I'm actually going and getting into the, uh, the the beginning story, I guess, from when they first redesigned the game. Still yeah. one of the most amazing feats uh, in video game history. Um, and I was there's a, a moment in this story, so which is very interesting, where there's a refugee crisis. Uh, multiple refugee crises is happening in this one city, right? And you are privy to a, a, a city council, you know, the cabal that runs the city, the meeting of, of what's going to happen, right? And it's all these rich assholes sitting around a table talking about how we can't possibly bear the burden of supporting these refugees. These poor people want to come here and want to work and live better lives from their ruined homeland. We can't do that because how would that work? We don't have the money to sustain it. As they're literally like having grapes fed into their mouths and shit. Yeah. Like, and, and the fun thing is that the game actually just kind of called this out at one point. And later on, there's a moment where a, a bunch of refugees who are, who are, stop, you've heard this before, they've been subject to police brutality and they are rioting in the streets, they are demonstrating in the streets, they're, they're protesting, they're peaceful, unarmed protesters, and suddenly the cops, the guards, open fire on them with arrows and start killing them and it turns into a riot. Now, does that sound familiar to all you, Seth? Hmm. Vaguely. <laughs> it turns out this was a, 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 a insider plot by one of the capitalists. He's been arming the refugees. He wants to foment revolution. Uh, but I'm just like I'm, I'm playing this game, and I'm like, this is too real. It's like Deus Ex, man. It's too much. We gotta. Yeah. It's getting too real over here. That's good. What about man. you? What about you, man? What are you? What are you playing? I've, I've been. I guess I've just been uh, into the world of Japan because I was playing uh, the first Danganronpa game a lot. Um, it's very interesting. I've never, I've never really played a true 100% visual novel before. Um, interesting game. Uh, I have trouble playing it. Like, like I have to. I pretty much only play it on like weekends when I have like long chunks of free time because I just like do a chapter at a time. And like, games a lot more work than they make it seem. Like, uh, like a chapter of that game is like six hours of content. Like, you really yeah. have to fucking sit through and play. Um, it's enjoyable. But yeah, when I'm not doing that, I've, I, I spun up Persona Five Royal. And that game, I know you've been playing it a good bit as well. That game has really fucking sucked me in. It's it's. It's so good. I, I love a good style in a game, and Persona 5 has it coming out of his ass. Yeah, it really does. Nobody does... The, the combination of the music and the visuals and just the way things look and move is so good. Yeah, I think it's really cool, and it may it might become the second JRPG I've ever finished. Wasn't well, the first one Nino Kuni? Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. We're still on one of my favorite games to this day. Um, and yeah, I, I, one of those games took me by surprise. I was like, I'll pop it in and play it for a while and see if I like it. And then two weeks later, I hadn't gotten any sleep and I put up 120 hours in that game. And I was like, oh, this is this is what it's like. But none of them grabbed me since then. That was actually my game that I never actually played. You played yeah. it. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. You just leave. You destroyed that game. You, you bought it on the internet for like twenty bucks on sale, and you know, you just let it sit there. Like once again, these back backlog games we all have. And then I was like, I had a day off of work that summer, and I was like, I'll just do this. And then uh, I took several days off work that summer to play more Nino Kuni. So, are you are you gonna play the sequel? You think? It's so weird how that game completely flew under my radar for so long because I was really excited about it, and then I was like, "Oh, I wonder when it's going to come out." And then I guess I got kind of disconnected from games for a bit. When I came back, it's like, "Oh, it's been out for two years now, and it's like on Steam." And I'm like, "These games are on Steam now. That's awesome. That's all I want." So I do think I will, but I don't know maybe after after Persona, and especially since after Persona, I'm thinking about doing Witcher. That's just going to be a lot of long games I'm playing back to back. I'm I'm not trying to take some breathers, but yeah, I think I will eventually play. Um, Nino Kuni 2, even though I've heard it's not as good as the first. A lot of game. It's a lot, a lot of game. A lot dude. of game, yeah. Persona 5 especially is uh, 
a lot for somebody like but, me uh, who's never played like doesn't play like long turn based games besides like Nino Kuni. It's 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 been an experience. I just passed a hundred hours on my save. My save file is going to reflect probably about four hundred hours of gameplay because I keep it idle a lot. Because the one thing, and it's it's a criticism I have. Maybe it might not just be Japanese games. I shouldn't say that, but it, it might be. So far, Danganronpa and Persona, the thing that has disappointed me the most is how few opportunities I have to save. Mm. And sometimes, like, it happened, it's happened probably three times now that I'm playing, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to get to the end of this day, and then I'm going to save. And then the end of that day takes 45 minutes for some reason. You're already, you are in your bed, and then it's like, there's 45 minutes of conversations. And then the game does this thing where it, like, it skips the where you can save part, it goes to the next day, and you're already into a new thing, and you can't save yet. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I just leave it idle for like hours. Like, I've only probably played about, I don't know, 10 hours now, and my save file already has like 25, because I just idle it for so long. Well, if you suspend it, it won't uh, add to your uh, playtime. Oh, you, really? Yeah. On a PlayStation, if you just suspend it, it'll do that? Yeah. Okay, okay, I'll start doing that then, because I was like, I definitely have not played 19 hours yet. Unless you want to enjoy those rad, rad tunes. I actually did that the other day. I was eating, and I just kept it playing, because I love the music. It's very good music. Persona has it's, the best music. It's crazy that the same guy's been doing this game for like 20 years, and he has like different styles in each game. Yeah. And it's just it's just groovy as shit. You can just keep listening to it. Yeah. Well, Seth, I think that's an episode of this podcast. That's an L. All right. So, uh, this has been the Illenials Podcast. I am Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me on Twitter at Canazeras, uh, K-Y-N-A-Z-E-R-A-S. Uh, same thing on Letterboxd. Would you last review on there, Seth? A little same thing? Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch any. I've been watching a lot of TV. I haven't watched any movies this week. So yeah, still still Palm Springs. Oh, I would also like to, rec- to uh, second Seth's recommendation of Palm Springs. Yes. That movie fucking rips. The movie rules. I'm it's so great. excited. It's a great uh, movie. Our art was done by Marcus Barkley. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Mr. Beaches. And not on this podcast, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, oh, our theme song is on my Ben Powell. He's been a guest on the show before. Uh, most recently on our incredibly long Last of Us 2 uh, episode. Um, he has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling and the river from the South. So if that sounds interesting, go check it out. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make me get under it. Fuck uh, the Democratic Party. Uh, getting more and more appropriate by the day. We've stopped trying to solve our problems. We're trying to outlive them. And from New Orleans to New York, that's the Alienos Podcast, baby. We're out. Out.